Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Supercoach Edge for the round 14 review and round 15 preview. And we're nearly at the end of the uh, the dreaded four-week buy period. And with only one round to go, the finish line is well and truly in sight. And the weekend displayed the highs and lows of rookie scores with the likes of She's Nuts going nuts, gobbling up maximum chips around the back line like a quality seagull should do to score 103. Then we saw the likes of Sheldrick score a quality 91 in limited time on ground, whilst in that same game for the opposition, Dev Robertson gave us a tasty slice of Devon as we marvelled at his score of 95, singing... (laughs) It was. It was a very tasty slice of Devon. Just get it in a sandwich. Oh, Go down yes. to the deli, get some Saligo, get some, some Devon. <laughs> Forgot about Saligo. I have to go down there and get uh, 100 yeah. grams of that. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. What, what about together, the, uh, was, wasn't there another <laughs> brand of uh, of Devon uh, used to uh, play in the, the red and black? Oh, yes. Yes. Love to tackle. Love to hug. Yeah, that bloke. Yeah. Uh, was was highly yeah. criticized for the, uh, must have been the taste, the t- taste of uh, low quality Devon in that case. Yeah. Just a little, just a little. Yes, but we also saw the other side, some non-tasty slices of Devon. Not even yeah. Devon, it was, I don't know. Is it kind of like, you know, in, in, in The Simpsons where a poo uh, is like, you know, putting food into the, the you know, the hot dog roller thing? Yeah. And then it like rolls off onto the ground and then like rolls in front of the hat with the the crushed hat with the camera in it. And Homer <laughs> walks into the Quickie Mart with yeah. to try and like... <laughs> Time to replenish the hot dog roller. Oh, no, it is encrusted with filth. Oh, well, let's sell it anyway. Now this is just between me and you, smashed hat. (laughs) So we did see rookies like MJ score Mm. 32 after being subbed out with a corky. Ford punching out a 30. Buller scoring 17 on debut. And, Mm. uh... Some other some other poor scores from rookies, unfortunately, yeah. does reaffirm that what we need to do is get the last of our on-field rookies off and out of our starting 22 and fill every spot with reliable primos or keepers, I guess. Uh mm. if we can't if we can't get the primos in. <laughs> yeah. Uh get some yeah, get some faux some faux faux primos. Faux primos. Yeah. yeah, but that's that's a catchy. That's rhyming. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and uh, there's a bit of breaking news as well as we yes. record the podcast uh, just coming out. Sicily's three-game ban has been upheld, shock horror, by the AFL Appeals Board, which means he won't be available until round 18. We did speak at length about the merits behind either keeping or trading him, 
uh, if you are a fellow owner like us. So jump back to last week's episode to hear our discussion on that. I don't think anything has really changed based off that, other than the fact that he's now only going to miss three weeks as opposed to four weeks in the other bye last week. But mm-hmm. I don't think that really um, impacts the discussion. Uh, we'll probably chat a little bit later in the episode as well, really quickly, just about what our individual strategies are. Yep, exactly. And I'm hoping to have uh, come to a decision by uh, by that stage of the episode <laughs> yeah, because I'm still undecided at the moment. <laughs> but uh, of course, if you're not following us on socials where we post the latest news, post-match Supercoach scores and the odd meme or two, you can do so via Twitter, which is at Supercoach underscore Edge, at DamoJ88, at Liam Evans underscore 95, and Facebook, Insta, and TikTok. Just search Supercoach Edge and you'll find us there. Well, Liam? Let's jump straight into it by kicking mm. things off with our usual recap in the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yes, for those new to our show, the in the good, the bad, and the ugly, we roll through some of the more notable and the more forgettable performances across this week of Supercoach. And we touch on how our own teams are formed in our own little head-to-head rivalry as we wrestle for the ultimate supremacy. Ooh, exactly. Ooh. It's always funny that the ultimate supremacy, it's like we say it every week. Yeah. I don't and know what we're winning. Really the ultimate su- yeah. No. <laughs> What's happening? Nothing really. Yeah, nothing. But, uh, nothing. Yeah. It's just, uh, yeah, empty words. Uh, but anyway, we'll, so we'll build it up to being a, a big thing. Uh, so let's touch on the good, obviously, first up. And it was Zibont Lebont. With a 169 and a massive score from that man. It was uh, just what the doctor ordered, especially during a bye week. So uh, just just pile on the points, uh, especially for those people that uh, perhaps uh, were playing one or two or even three, maybe even more, players less than the uh, optimum <laughs> top 18 uh, scorers. Playing so, one player. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, one player. It's just bond. That's all you need. Yeah. Um, he put in a mammoth fourth quarter <laughs> and uh, did, as a result, see a mammoth score follow for owners. So um, just a chef's kiss there from uh, from Zabont. Zabont. On to the bad. Uh, let's bring the vibes down. Uh, Jack Zebel, 68. Uh, quiet second half from Jay-Z. Saw him with just four disposals, zero marks, zero tackles, two kick-ins. Thankfully, played on from both. And just the 12 Supercoach points, and that is courtesy of Fantasy Freaker on Twitter. Uh, it is not what you want from your so-called primo, especially in a bye week. Thankfully, I no longer own him. I actually traded him out two weeks ago. And last week, he came out and mm. punished me, as we all know. That always happens. The, the week after you trade out a player, they just smash it. They become a, a Gary Ablett. Um, but uh, he reverted to uh, potentially channeling his... Uh, his best impression of uh, of Chesser uh, in that quarter there with four disposals, no marks, no tackles, two double kick-ins. Well, interesting. Two kick-ins, four disposals. Half of his disposals were via yeah, the kick-ins. Purely from kick-ins. Probably got a one-two as well. Probably gave a handball off, got it back. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yep. <laughs> a bit of an old one-two. Um, but yeah, interesting with uh, with Jay-Z. And I'm happy that I no longer own him because I was awfully worried off the back of uh, his uptick in scoring last week. Um, but let's round it out with uh, the ugly, and it's probably no surprise as to who this player is. And it's someone that we earmarked last week as a potential ugly mm-hmm. from here on out. And uh, it happened sooner than what I thought. Uh, I don't know you, Liam, but uh, I was I was even more surprised by my sort of 
expectations with uh, with Fife. I thought he's still going to punish me, tempt me even further, but mm. it only lasted a week because Nat Fife, he scored a 47. And uh, the hot and cold of Knife the Fife has been on display in recent weeks with a score of 96 last week, and it was followed up with a score of just 47 on the weekend. And, of course, a big reason why we both were against him as a trade-in option this week, as you would have heard if you tuned into our episode last week. So we do hope that you listened. We don't just speak empty words. Uh, well, some of the time we uh, we speak sense. And in this case, I think we did. So bye beware uh, for those people who jumped on him. Unfortunately, you will be stuck with him. Um, but uh, hopefully he will be uh, a bit of a, I guess, an F7 M9 top operator. So providing a little bit of cover, provided that he can stay fit. And that's that's a big query. Um, but he lost uh, CBAs and the like as well on the weekend. Was played up forward, which um, he, he pretty much channeled the Nat Fife that I had and owned at the start of the year. And it wasn't good. It wasn't good viewing. So I was getting flashbacks, Vietnam type flashbacks there. So yes. let's have a look at uh, both of our teams, Liam, and how we performed in the weekend. So uh, once again, I went up in ranks off the back of a 2021 score. So not too bad there, but the climb was only minor up mm. 90 spots to now sit 1073rd overall and still knocking on the door of the top one K. So I feel as though if I knock any harder on this door, it's going to come off its hinges. Like, come on, Supercoach gods. Sean Darcy is just... just Yeah, hold on. Makes sense because he hasn't been playing. So maybe he's just (laughs) been spending the whole time just leaning up against the door. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, okay. I'm going to blame him. Uh, In terms of trades, I had initially planned to bring in Himmelberg for uh, the Weedle, the Supercoach Edge Pokemon, of course, but ended up opting for Sharp to Devin Robertson in order to give me a player. That was crucial for uh, for cover in round 14 to give me 18 in total and also going to be crucial for round 15 where, geez, I need I need a pulse. I need a pulse or two extra uh, in my team. So fair to say he's 95, happily exceeded my expectations. Of the other best performers, Zibont, uh, impressed with his, uh, obviously, the 169. And he was actually my captaincy option. Um, but I uh, ended up choosing to lock in Dunkley's 137 as my VC. And I guess, you know, it's always the safest play. As we say, once you surpass the, uh, you know, 125 mark, that's a lock-in, automatic lock-in VC score. So no real regrets for me um, because I still think it's a, it's a massive risk. What are the odds of someone surpassing the 137? Um, so yeah, missed out on 32 points, but is what it is. Um, Neil was, was the other one that was in form back in form at the right time after I brought him in a couple of weeks back and likewise English with his 133 and the Briglet, the old Briglet. He oinked out even more cash generation for us owners and has now risen well over 200k in appreciation mm. in price. Amazing. So here's my ticket to Clary. So we'll have to unfortunately, I think, bid him farewell. So I want to salute the great man as he sails off into the distance. Playing like the doo, 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 like the last post as he uh, as he sails off. Yeah. See a briglet. See a briglet. Oink oink. But isn't isn't that like ironic though? Because he's the understudy of uh, of Clary, <laughs> just because we're calling him the briglet. Um, and the briglet is going to be my ticket to the uh, to the the senior pig himself in the uh, the pink sweaty pig, Clary. Very nice. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, poetic. Liam, poetic. How did, how did your your team go? Was it poetry yes. emotion? It, it was it was a nice week. It was a nice week. Mm-hmm. Uh, scored the 2,094 this week. So got the chocolates in our head-to-head, which was nice. Um, very rare 
very rare outing for me. Uh, <laughs> ranking went up exactly, went up 2,640 this round to sit 6,952nd overall. So I did manage to take another quarter off my ranking this week. Yeah. So uh, just sit well inside the top 10K now after I did crack it last week, just sitting in about 9,000 spots. Yeah. So it's nice. Nice to be in there a bit, bit more comfortably. Not okay. quite the 1K, but uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> uh, I did make a late change to the side. Actually, I wasn't going to make any trades last week because uh-huh. I already had 20 plays on the weekend, um, but ended up pulling the trigger on trading out Seamus Mitchell, our boy, to yep. Devin Robertson to give me a bulk bank to play with this week. I think I'm about 400K sitting there tantalizingly. Nice. Knowing... <laughs> that I didn't have the overabundance of players. I did also take a bit of a risk on my VC knowing that, you know, I, I probably could do it no, uh, with with sort of having the the, the the extra players. So I went early um, with uh, Rosie. Um, he fell short with a score of 111. So I ended up placing the C on Dunks, who pulled through with a 137, which was very nice. The lowest scores for me this week were actually Steele's 52. Chincotta's 61, Ashcroft's 87, Marshall's 90, and Tom Stewart's 91. So it was a pretty good round overall for my players. This week, though, <laughs> not looking as rosy. Uh, pre-trades, I only have 15 players uh, playing. Rip Sicily. Uh, depending <laughs> on which trades I make this week, I was just like, I don't know. I, I was going to go sit out the front of the tribunal with like a sign being like, please, please, sir, please let him off. <laughs> please sir can i have but, some more can i have some more players for round yeah. 15 <laughs> can i have some more sicily <laughs> yeah. um but they didn't i did my best guys i'm sorry yep. uh <laughs> they're but... ruthless <laughs> they're ruthless but anyway depending on which trades i do make this week i'm probably going to end up on 17 i reckon i'm gonna not worry too much about getting to 18 um i'll probably take i'll willing to cop a donut um this week i think most others will likely mm. cop at least one this week um and I think I'd rather do that than sort of trade my way to try and save myself a donut yeah. this week. And then it's uh, stuff me up going forward. Um, so I'll be using all three trades this week, likely saying goodbye to uh, Eddie Ford, Chincotta, and one of Johnson or Wardlaw and going early on Marrick or Marich. I can't remember which one he liked to be called. I think it's yeah, Marrick. Marrick, Marrick yep. yeah, with like a K, yeah. Bringing in uh, Decam as well and the Riddlers to round out my defense. Ooh. Bringing Ridley back in to my side. Wow. Feels like that that episode of The Simpsons when Homer has to steal Mo's car for the insurance <laughs> and he jumps out only to be thrown back in as he rolls away and rolls over a rock straight back into the car. Because, again, I'm ready to be hurt by Ridley for about the fifth time in my life. Homer, you moron. Homer, you genius. <laughs> Geronimo! <laughs> yeah, I'm doing it. I'm yeah. doing it. It's gonna be a rough it. week. I've got to, I've got to bring in two primos that are gonna underperform for me this week. No, no, you'll. Uh, I will. Yeah, I don't Did have to play it. so. Actually, no, wait, I do have Dcam. So you're going to break him for me. Mm. Or does that cancel out? Are you bringing him this week? Or have you already brought him in? I brought him in uh, two weeks ago. Okay. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, it hurts. The only works if you bring him in the same week. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, no. Anyway, 
Yep, that will leave me overall with one upgrade to make in the midfield, uh, fielding Ashcroft uh, this week and looking to bring in the pink sweaty pick himself next week with uh, some bank and a rookie downgrade and just a Sicily-sized hole in my defence that I haven't had to figure out what I'm going to do with later Mm. this week. It's grand, isn't it? Until, like, you fix that and then I reckon the week after you might need to fix a Ridley-sized hole because he's going to get done for a tackle that... uh, We'll brush the hair of a player and um, they'll, they'll be out. And then nah, Ridley's just going to lose his role. He's just going to stop being an upset <laughs> marker and just pure oh, yeah, lockdown defender. Yeah, that, that'll be Ridley. Uh, it'll be someone like a big D-Cam. name. Like it... Yeah, no, D-Cam will, will knock someone out. Uh, yeah. Uh, I can see Oliver just won't come back. Oh, Oliver doesn't matter to me because he's not in my side yet. Yeah, not yet. Uh, got Marshall will do something. Uh, Bonto. No, Bond's loved by everyone, so I think he'll be okay. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, I don't know. I feel like, you know, previous seasons, like when we're at the height of COVID and we got given those extra COVID trades, we need literally like COVID tackle trades. Tackling, tackling trades, like the tackle suspension trades. Because I reckon I'd like to go back, maybe at, towards the end of the season we could do it, but like how many players were, were out through COVID compared to those number of players that were out through like concussion or like through tackle suspensions, like ridiculous. It'd be really <laughs> interesting probably to see. one of the hardest seasons. Yeah. And even just the number of suspensions compared to last year, mm. like I reckon more players are missing this year than last year. Oh yeah. Heaps more. That's like every week now. Yeah. There's every at least, there's there's at least one. There's yeah. at least one. So ridiculous. It yeah. makes it so hard to navigate. Uh, but yeah, is what it is. I actually should have mentioned as well. Like, yes, I'll be in the same boat as you. So I've got 15 players pre trades. Yeah. Um, looking to, as I mentioned, Briggs to Clary, but also forward to Merrick, as you mentioned. Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to be uh, gobbling up a donut first one for the season, hopefully the last, um, just in order to sort of get through this week and save a trade because trades are, they're very scarce at the moment. Yes. Um, in high demand, of course, as well. But uh, let's move on to our head-to-head just to summarize that. So as you mentioned, Liam, you nabbed one back on me off the back of that mammoth performance by you, no less on a bye week. So that's Mm. even more impressive. So a tip of the cap indeed to you. Uh, And that means you've now progressed to three wins and I'm on the 11. um, And the differential, as I've been saying previous weeks, and I did did mention as well that the bye weeks were going to trip me up and this is a time for you to attack. No, I still think you're ahead. I think you're well ahead of the buyers. No, I'm ahead by eight wins, but the differential 508. So that's, that's coming back. Don't worry. You can, you can get that next week, this yeah, coming week. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. With my five plays down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As am I. Well, I've got the, oh. you'll just have better plays than what I do. Yeah. I don't know about that. But anyway, Ridley, Ridley's going to do it for me. Last, last buy round. Let's, let's get into it. It is the last buy round, and it is uh, it is that uh, that segment, the acapella. <laughs> still don't know this song. You still, still don't know time. the song. Uh, it's before my time. I wasn't actually wasn't born. <laughs> it's the it's the Bay City Rollers. I just want to see. I'm going to guess that it was '86, so 1975. So I wasn't conceived uh, for another 13 years. So yeah, I was 20 years later. <laughs> <laughs> so I was 13. You were 20 years. Okay. Well, it's before both of us. That's more before your time than mine. Um, maybe, yeah, I can't even say that I was hearing it whilst in the womb because I wasn't yeah. even a thought. Yeah, I was yeah. just ghosting around somewhere. Ooh. 
Maybe I was a, maybe in my past life I was You're a, a base roller. I was a bass city roller. <laughs> maybe, maybe I was rolling. Maybe, maybe. I was on the drums. Yeah, you were. <laughs> I reckon I'd be a drummer. Good, good drummer in the bass city rollers. Check him out. Good band, classic band. Anyway, uh, with that, that's the that's a very long segue to this next segment. It is bye bye baby. Yes, this week we've got six teams uh, in the buy. That's probably the, the toughest buy round of all. So let's quickly delve into who's set to miss this week. Now, first up, we've got Carlton. Uh, their top uh, four players on ownership are Alex Chincotta, Patrick Cripps, Lockie Cowan, and Sammy Walsh. GWS will be uh, their top four players, Tom Green, Stephen Canilio, uh, Nicholas Madden, and Kieran Briggs. And for North Melbourne, uh, we've got Harry Sheasel missing, Eddie Ford, Blake Drury, and uh, George Wadlaw. Damon? Yes, the Ward. Uh, and for Port, uh, they will be missing uh, the most popular player in term of uh, Rosie, Horn Francis, Zach Butters, and Josh Sin. Richmond has Timmy Taranto on an absolute tear at the moment. Uh, Samson Ryan, Liam Baker, and Jacob Hopper. And for the Western Bulldogs, uh, Zibont, Tim English, Jack McRae, and Oscar Baker. Um, so, yeah, it goes without saying a lot of the players we've mentioned there. Uh, um, definite keepers, primos uh, that a lot of people will have in their um, in their squad at the moment because it will be they will be forming part of their best twenty two team. Um, so it's going to be uh, very very difficult to cover a lot of these players. So I think we should probably uh, leave a little bit of a disclaimer here that if you're in the same boat as us, for example, and you've got like fifteen players available pre trades, don't fret because it's a common thing for mm. this round. Like. You know, uh, I wouldn't be burning trades galore in order to try and like avoid donuts. Like you can take it from us. We're both going to be gobbling up a donut um, yeah. only because we know that other people are going to be in the same boat as us. So it sort of mitigates the, you know, the issue, I guess, of having to gobble a donut. But yeah, I wouldn't be too, too worried. I don't think unless, yeah, I reckon 15 is probably the limit. I reckon probably uh, 16 is probably a bit, bit better. Um, 17, having one less player. Um, that's probably more optimal yeah um but yeah don't fret i think it's the moral <laughs> yeah agreed agreed now you gonna jump into it into yeah. the, the most fun part of this podcast yes. the most fun part and it's the price is right show me the money Yes, and for those tuning in for the first time, The Price is Right is the segment where we discuss potential trades and trade targets from week to week, or whether a player under question should even be traded at all. So let's mm. kick it off with the going, going, gone category. And uh, Liam, do you want to kick us off with the first guy in that? Yes, and it is Alex Chincotta, defensive eligible, 256.1k. Averaging 61.7 with a break-even of 34. Now he's coming into his buy round, so it is the perfect time to offload the mature ager for the Blues. He's made us 153.7K in cash, so trade him into a player that's playing in round 15 if you're in desperate need. I mean, if you're flush with players this round, I mean, who isn't? Yeah. You could hold him as a handy cover, I guess. Uh, but it is probably between him Weddle and Seamus Mitchell in your back lines, um, he'd be the first to offload, um, in my opinion, uh, just based off averages and scoring potential at this stage. 
Yep, exactly. And the fact that uh, there might be an uptick in scoring for for the Weedle and uh, Seamus yeah. without Sicily. And Mitchell, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yes, uh, definitely one to consider. Punting. Another one is uh, it's probably more of a definitive one here, I think. Uh, even though his break-even isn't too bad, considering his average, but uh, going by his scoreline on the weekend, uh, that's probably an indication to get rid of him and not trust him. And it is Eddie Ford as a forward. Uh, priced at 252.4K, averaging a 69.4 with a break even of 31. And uh, yes, yeah, so he is obviously on the uh, on the buy this round. And Ford has more or less paid his dues with an increase of over 128.5K in the last three weeks. So he's had a really stark turn. Uh, could have been more, um, yeah. but uh, it's kind of his time at his own. Um, I guess cash generation and the speed at which that's happened because he's had a shit game, then a good game, and then like another shit game again. So, um, yeah, he's kind of shot himself in the foot there. But hopefully, he's done a job for um, those of you who own him. And like Ching Cotter, there's still some cash to be made, but uh, you'll be better off moving him on this round to cover for the donut. But you could look to hold for handy bench cover if need be. But yeah, as we said, an easy one to punt. Yeah, probably the most obvious of those two. They're both probably the ones to get rid of, but he's definitely yeah. the one that I'd be getting rid of first. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to on the chopping block. And these are guys who um, you don't necessarily need to trade. You could probably keep. Mm. Um, but for one reason or another, they are present as, as options. And first up, it is the Briglet himself, Kieran Briggs, Ruck eligible, 468.8K, averaging 116.4 with a break-even of 26. And he is the gift that keeps on giving. We really need to start probably considering whether he is a keeper. Mm. I know he, uh, for me personally, I've got him in uh, I've got him in this spot, not due to his performances, but for those who do have him in R3, I personally have him in R2, so I will be holding him f- Hopefully for the season, he can keep going. I am very, very happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you are holding him in R3 and have English, it uh, probably is time to move him on and bank in all that cash that he has already made you a cool 214.4K in just three weeks. Mm-hmm. Absolutely insane. If uh, you do have Madden as your loophole, I'd be trading out Briggs, swinging Madden into that R3 spot, bringing in perhaps the likes of a DCAM, some uh, handy DPP cover for your ruck line and upgrade, and you'll get six k left over. Jeez, what uh, what a nice little no, you'll make six k. Yeah, you get you'll make six k off that. Wow, not even a downgrade. It's, it's technically a downgrade. You're going to downgrade Briggs to a <laughs> yeah. But do you want him? The Briglet's going so well. Yeah, it is true. It is true. Yeah. <laughs> it is his buy round. We need to make sure that that's uh, yes. that's known. Yeah, uh, All... I I would be holding him. Yep. I don't know. What do you just quickly? What are your thoughts? I've heard a lot of people talking about trading English and holding Briggs. Yeah, I think one of the questions that's uh, come through oh, well, <clears> in our um, in our uh, I got to know segment, yes, but um, we'll hold it. We'll ho- hold it but uh, yeah, I mean, the other side of the coin is potentially trading Marshall. Um, yep. And I I own both Marshall and English. But if I had the preference, I'd be trading Marshall instead of English. English is going to be the top scoring ruck for the rest of the year, providing he can stay on the park. Um, so knock on wood. But uh, Marshall, I think he has less upside, has uh, probably as high a floor as as English, but uh, I don't think he has the high ceiling like English does. So I'd actually prefer to trade Marshall Bank. I think it's around about 120K difference between Briggs and Marshall. So by trading Marshall instead of Briggs, get an extra 120K 
Um, and then I'd be happy enough to put Briggs at R2. But personally, I just I can't do it because I need an extra warm body on field, which uh, Marshall provides this week. And with Briggs being on the bye, he's just he's kind of stamped his own papers there um, as my sort of ticket to, to Clary. So, yeah, that's the, that's the way that I'm, I'm working it. But, yeah, if the buyers worked out differently, I would say I'd be very happy to punt Marshall because he's in 50% of sides. And I think from memory, Briggs is in 18% of sides. So it means that uh, Briggs is more of a pod um, and more sort of reward, I guess, because if Marshall has a shit game, Briggs continues on with his, uh, his half-decent scoring. It means there's uh, points that you're making up from week to week. But uh, we, yeah, we'll, we'll chat about uh, the the potential of trading, potentially a uh, uh, an English uh, in that, that situation, even though I've summarized it there. But uh, let's move on to uh, the next one. And it is Will Ashcroft as a midfielder priced at 413.5K, averaging an 80.2 with a break-even of 71. So he had a score of 87. Of course, no surprise there, being at the Gabba again. As we know, he scores better at the Gabba compared to interstate. And that 87 means he didn't reach his break-even of 116 and has seen his price fall by 11.9K this week. But his break-even this week is much more achievable, needing a score of just 71. But most importantly, he is a warm body this week for owners. So probably makes more sense to hold this week uh, if you need him. Agreed. I personally have him and I will be holding on to him uh, just to uh, get some points this week. Uh, moving on to the next guy on the list, and it is Maddie Johnson, uh, mid-eligible for Frio, 277.4K, averaging 47.8 uh, with a break-even of 31. And he did have a poor showing on the weekend and was subbed due to a corky, which meant that we saw a score of just 32 from last week's saviour. He finds himself in the trade-outs as probably really just despite being cleared to play this week, uh, that's come out from um, from Frio, there is a chance that he gets dropped after Frio's poor performance on the weekend. Do we always see these rookies uh, sort of made the sacrificial lamb, unfortunately? Yeah. Um, if he does hold his spot, though, maybe one to hold on to as he is another warm body. His scoring has been impacted, though, by the return of Jago O'Meara going from 42% CBAs last round to just 17% this weekend. And uh, I'd expect that to probably continue. Yeah, he was uh, just an unfortunate one because, I mean, considering the, what did he score, 90-odd in the, the week yeah, prior? Yeah, it was like 94 um, or something, yeah. Yeah, hopes were high, um, especially during a, a buy round where we, uh, we needed as much uh, players playing and as many points as we could get. So... Uh, is what it is. Cop that corky. Uh, probably less of an issue, I think, compared to Nat Fife, who's uh, should have mentioned his CBA's Fife. He dropped from fifty-four percent down to thirty-five percent and played predominantly more time up forward. So, yeah, it was uh, flashbacks to when I uh, owned Fifey earlier in the season. But uh, yeah, hopefully MJ keeps his spot um, and yeah can get a little bit more of an uptick in CBA's because prior to that forty-two uh, that he played uh, without Jago uh, Amira. He was, he had prior to that 31%, 23%, 33%, 32%. So kind of around about that mark. Um, it meant that, yeah, he had literally almost half of the CBAs that he was getting previously. So hopefully that bumps up. And mm. so too does his scoring. Uh, but let's move on to Jay-Z, Jack Zebel as a defender forward priced at 467.8K, averaging a 99.9. And a break-even of 94. So we saw him feature in the bad this week for good reason. And it makes it four of his last five scores going below 90. So, yeah, 
as we mentioned, he managed just 12 points after halftime on the weekend. And with his buy this week, we may see a resurgence. Perhaps the aging body just needs a rest. Just, mm. uh, just you know, kick up the just feet. Just a bit of a break. Yeah, just lounge back and, uh, and yeah, a bit, a bit of R&R. Um, but he's still managing bulk kick-ins, even if he's not getting the line share. So there doesn't appear to be a change in role that's affecting his scoring, especially because Hall was dropped in the weekend as well, albeit yep. he had around about 40-odd disposals in the VFL, I heard. So he may be on the way back in. Straight back in. <laughs> uh, in and out, in and out, in and out of the bloody yo-yo. Um, but if you have excess trades, uh, he could be he, that uh, man being Jay-Z, could be one to move on, but probably more of a luxury trade uh, at this stage, and I think yeah, he's uh, he's lost a little bit of little bit of cash compared to the chance of when you had to trade him, um, you know, a couple of weeks prior. But um, yeah, if the scores keep declining, and I think he had uh, he struggled for time on ground as well from memory on the weekend. Um, he was held onto the bench for a a bulk of uh, a period of time, and um, I don't know if it was due to management, um, if he was doing something wrong. Um, but yeah, he played 64% time on ground, mm-hmm. which uh, was the third, fourth, fifth least. Um, so discounting the uh, the the subs, um, he's the the third. Um, so yeah, or the well. second. So yeah, he. Um, I don't know if he's being managed in game or what, but it looks like uh, yeah. there's that a bit of that happening. Um, as long as if he's being punished on the bench, <laughs> like he should have been, I guess, uh, against your mob when he kicked it out in the full, um, the crucial stage late in quarter four, but is what it is with Jay-Z. So if you own him, just monitor that. Yeah, definitely. Um, if you're going to get rid of him though, probably the week to do it with his buy. Like, I think it's probably the one excuse if you are. Absolutely. It's, it feels like less of a luxury trade because it is his buy round. Yeah, a bit um, more of a reason to do it. Yeah, whereas Excuse. I think if you wait till next week, it probably feels a little bit more like you're wasting a trade. Um, but yeah, one to consider. Uh, now let's move on to the get them in. Love it. Yeah. This is the fun part. Clary, get him in. Oh, Clary man. Oliver, mid-eligible, 658.7K, averaging 124.7 with a break even of 143. Now this obviously is on the proviso that Clary is actually named and there's been more rumours oh. that he... Uh, that he was in the hands of trainers because he was showing discomfort on the weekend, uh, a training or today, potentially Monday. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Um, has he recovered from his hamstring injury and the infected blister <laughs> on his trotter? Sorry, whatever I read that, it's just it's weird. The clip clop. Yeah, just anyway. Uh, you could look to hold off. His break even is 43, quite high. And he is going to set you back quite a bit, but his break even is also achievable considering he has a 131 four game average against the cats. And I'm just going to grab quickly his stats uh, at GMHBA stadium. Cause he loves oh, yeah. playing there as well. Does he, ever? he has an average at GMHBA of uh, 137.8. His highest oh, score wow. there is 159. He's played there four times. His highest score there is 159. His lowest score is 124. That's, so, that's a minimum captaincy score right there. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So uh, he's breaking even at 143. He's probably in danger. Probably, you wouldn't expect him to go up too much. Probably gets managed a little bit in the game. Yeah. Um, assuming he comes back. Um, mm. I personally am taking that risk. I'm probably going to bring him in next week. Just kind of works out a little bit better for me um, in yep. terms of trades. Uh, but, mm. yeah, that's my plan at this stage. Yeah. For me, uh, like, I don't know. It's just, 
I mean, uh, I, I do need as many <laughs> as many healthy players in the park or any extra players I can get, considering that I've got 15 players pre-trades. Uh, so he's like an easy one to bring in. But that that higher, uh, even though, yes, you spoke about the average there, quite favorable. Um, as you said, he's not really going to go up in price too much. Uh, but if anything, um, maybe he sc- if he scores about 124, whatever it was the minimum, uh, you know, he's going to drop in price, albeit um, a little bit. But for me, it's just that that aroma of bacon wafting in the air, Liam. It's the, it's a clip clopping of, oh, of trotters in the yeah. distance, and it's the juicy crackling that I, I know that it's just I can I can just taste it. Just just thinking just about to pig it. Juice. Uh, and and just a just a warm glass of uh, pig juice. <laughs> Nothing better. With, Why is with, it warm? <laughs> with the, with the pulp, by the way. <laughs> Always with the pulp. Has to be the pulp. Oh, uh, actually, I don't know. We don't know what pig juice pulp is. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, I feel yeah, a little yeah. bit sick. Uh, yeah, but anyway, so I... yeah. But uh, having said Discus. that, all that culminates um, to me <laughs> wanting to get Clary back into my side. So I'm going to pull the trigger and do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am very tempted. Um, I'm very tempted. I am trying to kind of play the averages here and hope that he mm. drops a little bit. Ashcroft break even is achievable. He goes up a little bit. Like it just kind of works out a little bit for me, hopefully. Yeah. But I uh, do not know. I do not know. Might change my mind. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe Oliver misses. We don't know. Maybe yeah, he's that's a, true. I don't know. What what else could you get? Maybe he's got like a cut on his other foot or something. I don't know. What else can you get? That's a weird sort of niche injury. When, when did he get it? Was it, it wasn't uh, heading into the bye, was it? Or was it was it for was it two weeks? I can't even recall now because it's like it's he blended missed, into one. He missed Queen's birthday, sorry King's birthday, because of the blister. Because of the round thirteen, yeah. He was and then he's had the bye. Hospital. Then he's had the bye. So he's had two weeks he's off to recover from the infection. Yeah. And the blister. He was at training today. I think it was. They just said yeah. apparently he didn't discomfort. I don't know what that means though. Yeah. I also don't know if I should trust this guy. It was just on Twitter. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> something about him looking down at his at his uh potentially yeah. the broken thumb, the broken trotter yes, that, that was he had at last the year. Yes. Um but it could have just been the fact that uh I don't know, just just suddenly just scratch. Out leather leather poisoning. Yeah, exactly. Um dislocated trotter. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's all the other points. I just, I just need footy in my hands. That's what he's yeah. saying. That's literally all it was. Anyway, uh, let's move on to the next. Get them in, and it is Jordan Dawson, uh, defensive uh, midfielder, priced at five seventy three point six k, averaging a one fifteen point two with a break even of one twenty eight. And you can snag the second best scoring defender and the ninth best midfielder for twenty nine point five k under his starting price this round. And he could drop even further. So we've seen his ceiling in weeks gone by, but his scoring has been a little bit wayward in recent weeks with just two scores over 100 since round nine, which is, I think that's pretty much when I traded him in, I think. Um, yeah. Ever since then, his disposal, because he's renowned for like his great kicking, but his disposal efficiency mm-hmm. has just gone the opposite direction and he can't hit the side of a barn at times and just turning it over and really putting a dent in that um that high scoring ceiling that, uh, that really tempted me in. Um, mm. So that was, uh, yeah, it's disappointing to see, but is what it is. But it's I think having played, said that. Last time we played uh, the pies this, this year, scored 150. So, oh, you know. wow. I yeah. have this, I've just had a look legit round nine was when I traded him in. So yeah, you can blame wow. me, blame me. I put him off his game. <laughs> yeah, wow. Come on, Damon. 
Yeah, apologies. But no, having said all that, is a is a great because uh, someone slid into our DMs and asked the question of like, who would you go for uh, around about the price point of like five fifty k? Um, he is like you can't look past him. If you don't have Jordan Dawson, get him in. Um, yeah. because if he reverts to his scoring that he had early in the season in the back end of the year, like it's going to help you, especially in cash leagues and you know head to head leagues, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, consider him absolutely. Definitely. Um, I quite like the pick of getting him in. Um, I think you know what you're getting with him. Um, potentially wait another week, see him drop a little bit potentially, but he could also be in for a big score. Um, against the Pies, a uh, lot to play for, I think, for Adelaide. Um, moving on, we got Lockie Neal, mid eligible, 599.6k, sub 600, averaging 112.2 with a break even of 98. Not much to say, get him in if you are in need of another mid and you don't have him. His quality, he has a great floor, just three scores below 100, sub 600, just um, yeah, just, just get him in. Just get him in. Yep. He hit, hit form again at the right time. Uh, exactly. for those, those of us who jumped on um, after his buy uh, and even, even before his buy as well, like he, the uptick in form was back in round 10, uh, 128 and he's gone 122, 102 and 144 since then. So yeah, absolutely get him in. Another guy uh, who should really get in is Rory Laird midfielder price at 625.4 K averaging 115.2 with a break even of 91 and very similar across the board there uh, average wise and, uh, and break even, but you know, like Neil, we won't waste too much time on him. So just get him in really. If you haven't got him, he loves playing the pies. So this could be the week to snag him before a decent score and a potential captaincy option at mm. that as well. Um, previous games against the pies, he has scored 144, 154, and uh, most recently 100. So uh, could go much like Dawson. Uh, absolutely bananas. Yeah, I reckon this is the week to get him in if you don't already have him because that break even of 91 is very, very achievable. Mm. Very easy trading if you don't have him um, and you've got the cash to get him in. Uh, moving on, it's my boy Jordan Ridley, defender eligible, 504.7K, average 91.0, break even of 83. Join me as we roll back into the car. Coming off the bye, he looks to be back to his intercepting best in recent weeks. I did have my doubts. I wanted to see him play against opposition um, that might stretch the Don's defense in terms of height. Um, and I think seeing him against the Blues, where obviously you've got Kerno and Mackay, um, he still played that intercepting role. He still scored well. Four consecutive tons. I think we can rest assured that he is back. And he is a value option, 504K. It's good. It's a good option for your back line if you are in need of a D7, a D6, sorry, at this stage, which is what I'm looking for. With the, uh, the Riddler, <clears throat> the one query I have. Oh, no. Uh, so. Ah. Back out of the car, but it, I just I just want to gauge your thoughts as well. You're, you're you're better. <laughs> you're ready to roll back out of the out of the car, but you're about to roll back in again, so it doesn't matter. You can't escape. But for the past month, he scored well, right? Yeah. But during that time, dating back to round ten, there's been a player that hasn't been in the side yeah. in the defense. That's that's the one question I have, Mister Jake Kelly. Yeah. So. I don't know. And this is a question for you because you're more well-informed than me, uh, being a Don's man that you are. Is there a correlation there, do you think? Or is it just a coincidence that whilst Jake Kelly's been out, that uh, there's been an uptick in scoring? I did think that. Riddler. 
I did think that. I don't think Drake Kelly plays that role. I can't. I have thought of that, the correlation there. Um, and I would have loved to have seen Drake Kelly play against Carlton and get all of my queries out. That's probably the one question <laughs> I do have on Ridley is yeah. without Drake Kelly there. Um, is that the difference? They don't play the same role. Um, Kelly's really going to play on that medium to small size forward. Um, whereas Ridley's going to play more that intercept, which I think Keppel's kind of taken the taken the um, the Kelly role a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I'm not too concerned, but potentially. I mean, that's what happened last year. I think that was the big issue with Ridley last year. Was I mean, there was a lot of issues last year with Essendon, with Essendon and their yeah. defense. But I think I think this year it could be a little bit different. I think he's come back and had a bit more um, opportunity to to intercept and play that intercepting role. Yeah, and sure, so they, don't, not they don't change a good thing. No, exactly. And I think Ridley's better off in that role. Like if I was to choose a player for that role, it would be Ridley or Redmond, but probably not even Redmond. I don't think Redmond's as good a mark. I think Ridley's much stronger that way. Yeah, well, there we have it. Rubber stamp of approval, and you're in that car. You've you've put the seatbelt on. The Back in the car. <laughs> yeah, putting the seatbelt on. Putting the seatbelt on, I'm still not going to get out. going to go off the yeah. cliff. <laughs> no, 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 the, you're not, not, the no, you're not going to say. No, you're not going to do the. Uh... Is that oh, like an assumption to get? The grease car where it's like it starts. Oh, oh yeah. No, no, no. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you, you, you're making the grease reference at the end when it starts. It's it's all like the entire concept of uh, grease is founded in reality. They're like, oh, yeah, all good. And then yeah. random, <laughs> the car starts flying into the sky and everyone starts dancing and everything like, oh, yeah, this is this is just normal life in Greece universe. No, what are you doing? <laughs> There's a car that's flying in the air. That makes no sense. And it's like the writers just yeah, gave up. Me. They're like, how should we end this movie? It's been fantastic. Like all the musical numbers, fantastic. And then someone puts their hand up. I reckon we should just have the have the car just fly off into the distance, man. Oh yeah, it's like this stoner. Well, I can you just imagine someone like, in the boardroom. There was like a really, really bad idea. Like I don't know. Like everyone should just like die at like the last minute. And then so it was like, <laughs> oh, hear me out. The yeah, car flies yeah. off, and they're like, that sounds much better. Yeah, that's it. Done. <laughs> that was like the the best of like <laughs> yeah the best the, of the worst the, <laughs> the worst ideas. <laughs> The writing team, well, honestly. Yeah, but the Simpson reference was uh, obviously uh, Homer Simpson on the skateboard. Yes. Trying to make the jump. He's like, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. And he just falls. <laughs> so I think that's, that's probably more applicable. That's that's you, yeah. Ridley, I think. At the, mm. at the present time, you may make it. You may make it to the other side, but we'll wait yeah, to see. Yeah, I'm not going to make it. It's going yeah. to gonna kill me in the end. You know what it's going to be? It's going to be you on the skateboard, and it's going to be, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it. And then you'll see Jake Kelly on the other side of <laughs> the side of the... <laughs> just... <laughs> Jake Kelly is the clip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just fall Ooh. short. Or you could make it. Who knows? We'll wait and see. We'll revisit this. Uh, but let's move on uh, to Elliot Yo, defender, priced at 399.5K, averaging at 82.4 with a break even of negative six. And mm-hmm. after returning from injury in round 11, he scores reads 73, 125, and 111. So across those games, we've seen him in two slightly different roles. In round 11, when he scored 73 against the Dons, he had 68% CBAs. In round 12, when he scored 125 against the Pies, he had 67 CBAs, 67% CBAs. But in round 13, when he scored 111, he had just 29% CBAs, but took four kick-ins, the most for the Eagles in that game. So it should be noted, though, that Shannon Hearn did miss that uh, match. 
and had been taking the lion's share of the kick-ins before this. So it's a little bit of a risky pick, I think, um, considering his role has kind of been juggled around a bit. But at and his he's price, injury history. Oh, I, I, yeah, it goes without saying, obviously, <laughs> as well. Injury history, that's a big, that's a big problem. Um, but at his price, though, it's really going to be a sideways trade, I think, mm. um, no matter who you're going to. Um, but could be a value option in the back line. The only other person, like if you were going to trade someone, you could potentially do like a Jack Zebel, but even then, would you? You're only netting not 70, 70K or thereabouts, roughly. Yeah. Um, and that's, again, going from like a risky pick in itself um, to a riskier pick in Elliot Yo, who could break down at any moment like a Nat 5. And he's he's much more expensive compared to a Nat 5. So it's a big risk to take. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly there. Um, I don't think I would go that way. I think his, his role's not solidified um, and he is very expensive for a player that's role isn't solidified. Um, and his injury history, like just he'll break down yeah. quickly and he's not playing in a side that's winning. That's going to no. hurt him um, exactly, yeah. as well. Potentially if they get some big on the end of some big losses, um, that'll hurt him um, in his scoring potentially. Now let's move on to a pot option. I love some pot options. Um, and it is Nick Martin, mid-forward eligible, 531K, averaging 91.7 with a break even of 40. Now you may question why we do have a player here at over 500K, averaging just 91.7 um, in the trading list. But his recent scoring, his three-round average of 129.3K, uh, 129.3, sorry, and five-round average of 111 on the dot. It starts to make a little bit more sense. He is a bit of a, not even a bit, just has a huge pod at an ownership of just 3%. But Nick Martin could be a value option to help finish off your forward line and get you some handy DPP. Um, His last three scores read 120, 129, 139, and really comes off his increase in his disposals. From rounds 1 to 10, he averaged averaged 20.7 disposals. From round 11 to 13, that's increased to 27.33, and that kind of correlates quite well with his increase in scoring. But in games where he has scored 97 plus, he's averaged 25.6 compared to 20.1 when he has scored sub 88. Very risky pick considering Essendon's midfield will start to return in terms of Parrish and Setterfield after the bye. He's not getting those mid, he's not getting many CBAs. I don't think he had any, or he had very low CBAs on the weekend uh, on two weekends ago. Um, so that's not really, um, I guess, a big concern there. But Essendon probably is looking to get the ball into his hands more. He's a very good user of the ball um, and probably want him to be used a lot more going inside 50, um, as in kicking inside 50, because he is an elite kick. So risky option. Um, probably one for those that do like their pods, um, but thought I'd throw throw one out there because sometimes it's good at this stage of the season to look for those pod options. No, I, I like it. Um, only caveat there, and I, I don't want to poo-poo your parade um, again. No, please do, because I don't want him. I'm not getting him in personally. Um, but... the, the one thing that stands out, and it's pretty obvious, but uh, it's just the quality of opposition over the previous three games. Mm. Uh, bottom four thing. sides, uh, Carlton, North Melbourne, and West Coast. Um, I mean, I'm trying to look for other teams around about sort of the bottom. Hawthorne, maybe he scored 80, but that was early in the season. That was actually round one. 
Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. Like it was just, maybe it's a soft opposition helped. Um, maybe it's more due to roll. Um, yeah, who knows? But uh, yeah, that's sort of the risk you take when you go for someone like him, who is a pod. Uh, let's move on to the next player. And it is Ben Keys as a forward midfielder priced at 418.2K, averaging a 76 with a break even of 22 and is another risky option, which we didn't raise knowing he had his buy this round, uh, that being in the last episode. But uh, Keyes was a popular option to consider due to his role change. And we can see that his recent uptick in scoring with three consecutive tons came off the back of a marked increase in the CBAs, which read as 70%, 75%, 55% in his last three weeks. And while the role may look positive, the concern for him is whether he gets thrown around. And it could happen as early as this week with the Crows facing the the uh, the Pies and a possible run with role again on Dacos to come, as we saw in the previous, I think it was round seven, they might've faced each other. Yeah. Um, and here yeah, he pretty much followed him wherever he went. Started uh, up forward keys, playing on Dacos, who was in defense, obviously. And then they'll switch, um, Dacos was switched into the middle. He followed him into there and just followed him wherever he went. And that was probably one of the first games where Dacos actually was affected by a tag. Um, yeah. So you can pretty much pencil, pencil in that this is going to happen yet again. Just really comes down to where Dacos lines up um, that will dictate where keys does. But an interesting thing to note when they last played, so Keyes had 63% CBAs for the match, but only managed a score of 52. And that shows that his role is important, not you know purely based on the CBAs. Um, yeah, I think I was, I was very tempted by him, I uh, must admit. Um, but now that we've, I've always earmarked this game as the danger game, where it's going to be, I guess, the uh, the one that tells the true tale um, with, uh, with Keyes. Um, but yeah, the big worry there is it's it's role dependent and it's not yeah. it's, it's not going to be guaranteed CBAs from here on out. Um, yeah, so I think for me, I would I would potentially look elsewhere. When he was sub four hundred, um, he was nice value there. So I think it was pretty much similar price to what uh, Himmelberg was around about three sixty mm-hmm. odd or there about three fifty maybe. Um, but yeah, at the moment, I don't think I'd be going for him because of that risk with the role. What about yourself? No. I agree. I agree. I'd rather spend some extra cash and get the next one on the list in DCAM. Yes. I think that's ah, probably a oh, yeah. stronger option there. Um, yep. And I mean, also, I guess if you didn't have pretty much any other forward that's mm-hmm. you know, sort of in that top six sort of space, that's who I'd be looking for over a, over a Ben Keys. I'd rather spend up a little bit more. Um, moving on to though, just Darcy Cameron, ruck forward, 464.2K, averaging 95.4 with a break even of 72. He is probably the guy that I would go over Ben Keys. Uh, since turning injury, he hasn't quite hit the heights that we saw earlier in the year, though, cracking the ton just once compared to two times in his first three games, with the third being his injury affected game. Um, if we do look to his ruck contest percentage since returning, he's certainly getting the lion's share. Uh, he's had 59% for a score of 61 on return. 88% for a score of 81, 69% for a score of 105, and 71% for a score of 92. Should also be noted that the 61 and 81 came against Carlton and North, who both give away the set. Oh, Carlton gives away the second least, and North gives away the third least points to opposition Ruckman. So I guess we can give him a bit of a pass as to why the scoring was reduced in those games. I think, though, his DPP is the key benefit. Um, a trade from Briggs to R3, as we spoke about earlier, with a Madden swing. 
give you a little bit of cash left over 6k and some handy cover for your line if the worst should happen and that's I'm not bringing in Briggs I'm not losing Briggs to bring him in but that's the reason I am bringing in Cameron because I am running the risk with Briggs in R3 um, and with Madden sort of sitting in my R3 spot I can bring in Cameron and swing players around um, yep. yeah it feels weird it feels weird I spoke about him so much at the start of the year yeah it was in my side and now it's finally happening. It's finally yeah. coming back. It's I I, I brought him in a couple of weeks ago and it still it still doesn't seem like I've got him in my side. Like because yeah. he's yeah, we spoke about him so much and then we obviously missed him. He scored well early in the season prior to him getting injured. Um and then finally got him. I'm like, oh, okay. Now I can like cheer him on. This is weird. Because it, like it, it, back then it came down to like playing him. Um it was like choosing between like English uh, D cam Marshall, mm. like those guys <clears throat> and Darcy. And as it turned out, like, yeah, he got injured, but, um, yeah, good to, good to have him back in the side, but yeah, definitely. It's a very good point there. Uh, at this stage of the year, obviously we want to get the rookies out of our sides and, uh, be well on our way to completing our sides with our, our best 22, if you can get that, um, or best 21, 21, best 20 with, you know, some, some faux primos, but, um, I guess DPP is the other things to really concentrate on as well. Um, and yeah, the invaluable DPP ruck forward swing uh, is going to be yeah super crucial with trades dwindling come the end of the year, because when we do run out, you do need to almost rely solely on bench cover yep. and the DPPs, which will help you out as well. Exactly. exactly. Let's move on to the next one. And it is Angus Sheldrick uh, as a mid forward. Priced at 190.4K, averaging a 43 with a break-even of 91. And played his fourth game this round, um, or the round just gone, and increased by 31.6K. Um, and he showed he can score well when given the opportunity through the middle. He's had 44 and 34 in his last two games. Um, percent, that is, for scores of 61 and 91. Um, the key question will be how long he can hold that spot with Mills and Heaney set to return soon. Uh, you'd think uh, potentially as soon as this week for Mills um, and potentially he may have to make way or at least the uh, the midfield role will tend to dry up, um, especially with Mills. It was kind of a bit weird that Heaney was getting bulk CBAs there at uh, one point, uh, but Mills, you'd think, will because uh, coming up to his leading up to his injury, he was actually starting to get more and more CBAs in those yeah. rounds leading up to that. So you'd think he will be given CBAs, and yeah, potentially Sheldrick loses those CBAs. Um, but the one thing to note as well is how well he scored on the weekend, considering the time on ground that he actually yeah. played. It was it was insane because I was considering uh, in terms of trade and options between Sheldrick and good old Devon, um, and in terms of his time on ground. Uh, so I'm just having a quick squeeze here at the lowest for the game uh, outside of the, the sub actually. Yeah. Outside of the subs, he had uh 55% time on ground. Yeah. Wow. Which was equal lowest with Jack Buller who got subbed. <laughs> so he played yeah, as wow. much as the guy that got subbed. Uh, so he was virtually a second guy that got subbed going by those, those minutes played. Um, so yeah, he scored per minute. Reminded he, me very much as like of like a constable when he was at yes. uh, Geelong. Yeah. Um, I just want to see what the the points per minute was in terms of super coach. One point three points per minute. So right up there in the higher scale. Um. So yeah, very very good. 
Um, I think at this stage is probably not worth the extra money because of those risks in terms of role um, in the team and then role in the midfield as well. And then Tom on ground as well. So there's quite a few questions around him. I think it is better to go early on, on Marek just to maximize your cash grab from the trade. Marek's going to probably have more job security um, yeah. just because of West Coast's injuries. Um, the fact that they chose him as the number one mid-season rookie draftee. Um, so there's more going for Marek. Um, Sheldrick, I mean, he's uh, he's shown that he can score well without um, without the the time on ground. Um, but yeah, still needs the role. Needs the role to in order to do that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'd be looking at Marek. And coming in at 190k at this stage, it's probably not worth it. Like you're probably not going to be playing him on field. At, I'd hope you're not be playing him on field. It's yeah. probably going to be on your bench. It's a lot of cash to have on your bench. Um, yeah. for no real reason. Um, probably much like this next guy, but I think we need to include him as well. Um, yeah. And it is Marcus Wintager, mid-forward, 202.8K, averaging 37.9 with a break-even of minus 11. He showed a real ceiling, I guess, um, for a player at that price on the weekend with a score of 85 as he got bulk CBAs for the Saints, 81% leading the way for the Saints mid. So he was actually the highest CBA getter for the, for the Saints other than Marshall. Um I think when you're looking at him compared to Sheldrick, you can probably feel a little bit more sure about his role. Um, he does come in at an awkward price tag at 202K um, in terms of bringing him in now. Um, though if you do have some trades and you can bring him in, he wouldn't be a bad M9 or F7 um, if he does keep getting those those CBAs um, that we know he can he can get. Yep. Uh, spot on. Um yeah, I was surprised to see he actually had that many CBAs. Um, yeah. Considering that uh, he was on the borderline really for for being on the outer. Um, he's been in and out of the side. Uh, his scoring hasn't been all that good uh, leading up to the weekend. And uh, yeah, smashed out of the park. So um, he's potentially one to look at, um, especially if he does a role. Like he's got those, those tagging roles um, as well, like you mentioned. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's one of those things to to factor in. If he plays a role in the team and it's role dependent, then they'll um, more than likely... Use him. Uh, sorry, I just yep. uh, realized as well with uh, Sheldrick, his break even is negative 43. I think I said it was uh, negative yes. one, but negative 43. So he does have cash to make, uh, Sheldrick, just uh, just dialing back to him. Um, so yeah, that's something to maybe factor in as well if you do need a little bit of a cash cow. But at this stage of the year, do you really need to? Um, so yeah, keep that in mind anyway with Sheldrick and Winhager. Yeah, uh, someone to factor in as well, uh, negative break even. Ellie, on the bubble, let's have a look at the uh, the rookies. And again, as we've always said, they're slim pickings. Mm-hmm. And we only have Harvey Harrison as a forward, 123.9K, averaging a 54.5 with a break-even of negative 38. And he's got the breast. breast. <laughs> well, he wishes. <laughs> he's got the best break-even. He'd be having a lot of fun if he did. He's got the best break-even of the traditional rookies this week. But the key concern will be his job security and Scoring potential considering his role. He's been serviceable as a rookie option with a 59 and 50, but with Ginevan waiting in the wings uh, and Elliot as well. I don't know if Elliot returned uh, in the previous round that they played. Ooh, I think question. he was, I think he was still injured maybe, but I know, yeah, Ginevan didn't play. Um, I reckon Ginevan was a late out. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you'd expect that Harrison's going to lose his spot. Uh, if he performs, sorry, if he fails to perform, um, he might be a bit of a scapegoat out there and be one of the first to make way. Um, so yeah, especially if uh, I don't know if uh, if you found if 
Elliot last played in round 11. Yes, this is round 15. So he had the bye in round 14. So would have missed round 13 and round 12. Yep. Yeah. So maybe like, I think with Elliot, he's, he's obviously best 22. So uh, like for like uh, for the role anyway, uh, he'll have to make way. I think so. A definite risky option and wouldn't be going. I mean, just, just go for Marek. Just go for the, yeah. go for the Marek. Go around him. It's fine. Yeah. It's security, which segues Liam into the rookies on the horizon. Yeah. There's, there's two that we can look at uh, this week and it is Ryan Marek, uh, who I think a lot of people are going to be going early on. And I think it makes sense. I will be doing the same. And the other one is Jasper Fletcher, who is uh, from Father Son yeah, from Lions. the Lions. Yes. Um, not so sure on his role and um, his job security. So one we'll probably chat about next week if he plays again. Yep. Perfect. So uh, let's round it out with uh, the question of the week. And uh, no surprise there, as we spoke about briefly in the intro to the episode, what to do with James Sicily. Now, of course, we uh, for a more comprehensive uh, look at uh, both sides of the fence of whether or not you want to trade him yeah. or hold him, uh, dial back to our episode last week, if you didn't didn't hear it, um, during the um, the trade segment. And Liam, I think we, we spoke about him for about 20, 25 minutes, potentially. Like, yeah, it we was had a pretty beefy discussion sizable. about him. Yeah, um, but it was really good as well. So um, check that out if you want more of an insight into that. But I think just to round it out and provide something fresh for those listeners and viewers that uh, tuned in last week, um, let's skew the question in terms of what we will do. Um, yeah. I'm probably a little undecided at the moment, especially because I used a trade that I wasn't banking on potentially using last week with uh, Dev Robertson yeah. coming in. I spent a little bit more cash than what uh, I wanted to do. As I said, one less trade down. Um, I've only got four trades at the moment and only 16.9K in the bank. And I was hoping to bring in a Himmelberg to cover for Sicily. And I don't know if I'll be able to do that now. Yeah. Um, I can, obviously, by using a secondary trade to uh, fund the Himmelberg bring, uh, trade in. Um, but it means I'll be down to two trades. So it's either do yeah. that and then look to use Himmelberg to, to cover Sicily until he returns and then use Himmelberg as like potentially a, you know, a D, D7, F7. Um, or I just straight out trade Sicily for, say, Himmelberg. Or um, I wouldn't be able to do it, obviously, um, for this week because he's on his buy. Um, so I'd need to couple a donut if I was going to do that. But the one thing that I keep going back to is outside of Sicily, there is no one in defense that tickles my fancy at all. Like I've got Stuart, I've got Dacos, I've got Dawson, I've got Sinclair um, and Sheasel. Ridley is literally the only one left. Jump you just want me, to, me. you want me to just roll in into the, the car, car with me. <laughs> Not jump and roll into the car with you. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, no. But yeah, I... he's, he's literally the only one. But uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. I think I'm still, sorry to be on the fence still, but I'm still undecided. Like, I need to see our team sheets land. Um, I need to have a look at, you know, if I was to do another trade because I'm looking to bring in Mills. He's probably my last upgrade um, and he should drop to around about 400K. So I need to sort of work sums uh, in terms of rookies, how much price they're going to yeah. um, increase in. Like Dev Robertson, maybe a ticket to him. Um, who knows? But yeah, I need to, need to sort of do a little bit of homework and work it out from there. I'm on the fence too. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel this is going to sound really dumb. I was just really just 
trying to manifest Sicily getting off. So I just ignored yeah. the fact that he was yeah, I was exactly the was, same. Uh, in, not in my side. Um, I think what we said, like, I don't want to hark back too much to what we said last week, but yeah. uh, I think it still stands. Everything we said last week stands still. And I think my thoughts still stand on him. Who it, You always need to trade him back in. Yeah. Um, there's no one that I think is going at his level. There's no one that I think will go at his level. Um, maybe it's a way if you get a sis, uh, an Oliver in quicker, maybe that makes sense. Yeah. But in defense, I just can't see who matches him. Um, yeah. he, the only thing that you'd have to argue is over the coming, like whether his, whether the, pl- like, I don't know, if you're fielding a Weddle instead of him or even a Himmelberg who, I don't know, whatever he scored 70 or so on the weekend. Um, but if he can get an average of 90, if you work out the points that you're losing and the points that you'd gain when Sicily gets back, like that's probably the maths that I'd be doing. Yeah. Um, that's maths I've got to do, to be honest. Um, at this stage, I'm probably, the plan was to hold. I've got a few more trades left. I've still got nine trades. So I feel a little bit more comfortable. Nine in trades? Out. Yeah. Oh, is, that, is it before any that's trades? That's before any trades this week. So I'd be going down to, if I, I'm going to make three this week, would solve my issue as well. I'd get probably... 18 if I did trade him. So yeah, okay. Could be worth it in that sense, but I need to probably do the math. So yes, I'm undecided, but probably leaning towards being undecided. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't say I'm leaning towards holding him because then everything every time I think I'm gonna hold him, I think no, I should we trade him. And every time I think I should trade, I think I should hold. So I am purely sitting yeah. on the fence. Yeah. I think you're right. Like, yeah, it comes down to like who you have available to cover for him. Yeah. What's the points differential going to lose? Um, like we, we spoke about last week, if you, as an example, if you're trading Sicily to Stewart, um, you know, going by Stewart's average, which is uh, 108. Oh, let's round it up to 109. Um, and if you were, you know, you had uh, Seamus Mitchell, for example, round his average up to 70. Um, what's that? 39 points thereabouts. Is that right? Yep. 39 points. Round up to 40 just to make it easier uh, for this explanation. But uh, for the three weeks that Sicily's missing, you're missing out on like 40 each week. So it's four, 40, 80, 120 points. Yeah. Um, difference really if you were going to trade a Sicily to Stuart compared to saving the trade and playing Seamus. And it's like, can you make up 120 points over the course of by round 18? What, there's six weeks to go after that, I think? It's up to round 24, is it right? Yeah, um, 24. So it's like, can you make up 120 points over the remaining six weeks? Um, does 120 points justify the use of a trade? All that sort of stuff. And it comes down to, I think, your objective. If you're going for overall, if you're going for head-to-head, can you survive yeah. your head-to-head matchups if you're just playing a Seamus? Um, I, I reckon going by the uh, the trade percentage at the moment anyway, um, like Sisley's the, as it turns out for me anyway, I haven't looked at overall, um, but for those most traded out of, for those people in my, for those players in my team, he's the second most traded out with 4% at the moment. Um, so I think that's an indication that the majority will be trading him as opposed to holding him, which makes sense to hold Sicily on the bench for three weeks at that price point is going to be hard to justify. I think a lot of cash to, to, to keep in your, your bench. Um, and as you said, it's literally a direct trade to, um, to Clary. So if I was to do that, for example, I could potentially use, um, Briggs to trade to someone else and maybe bank a little bit of cash to then put aside to maybe bring Sicily back in with the last trade. So maybe that's something that I think about uh, in my own situation. 
um, because I still have another rookie to upgrade. Um, yep. So yeah, it's it's going to be hard, I think. And it comes down to, to I think as well, how much <clears throat> cover you've got on the bench overall going forward from here on out until the end of the season. Yeah, I agree. I mean, looking at his, he's gone down, he's currently in 19% of teams. He was in 28% in round 13. Oh, well, so yeah, he's okay. gone down sort of, what's that? 9%. Yeah. Probably going to go down a few, a little bit more. He's currently also been traded out of, he's the fifth most traded out player overall of all coaches, 4% of teams have traded him out. Um, and that seems to stay pretty. So in the top 1%, 8.3% of traded him out. Top 5%, uh, 6.9% of people have traded him out. And in the top 10%, um, 6.1% of traded him out. So he's in that four, fourth most traded out region. So there yeah. is, I guess, reason to trade him out. But at the same time, by holding him, does he become a bit of a pod when he comes back? Um, yeah. And does that benefit you more? I don't want to get into the discussion too much because I feel like we've already yeah. done this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's it's one of those things. I think you've really got to look at your team, look at the points, look at what you think your points you're going to miss, what points you're going to gain, and then think about that. Because obviously it's coming down to the point as well where we're going to be going into finals uh, yeah. or getting into finals. So if you're not going to make a final because you can trade Sicily, you probably should trade Sicily to make sure you make finals. True. Um, if that's what you're looking for. If you're going for overall, then it's also another question there. It's a tough yeah. one. It's a tough it one. I don't think there's one. any right answer. I no. think because it's not like an injury where, you know, he he might miss three weeks and then might come back. I mean, he's not going to come back through the VFL, but, you know, maybe something happens and he, he – Like Clary, for example, yeah. Yeah, like Clary. Or even he plays, but he's just at a limited capacity. Mm. Um, I think that's the issue because it's, it's a suspension. He's going to come straight back in and probably be ready yeah. and ready to go. And just just looking, uh, I guess the only thing, the other thing we didn't touch on uh, in our discussions last week, just to offer something new, uh, was looking at the uh, the fixture for Hawthorne as well when he returns. So his return game is is against North Melbourne. Um, it's pretty favourable if you look at his averages yeah. versus opponent. North Melbourne he averages one hundred and three point four. Uh, over eight games, then he faces Richmond, who uh, I think give up a few points to defenders from memory. Um, oh, let me get that up, actually. That's good, yeah. Yeah, I'll um if you grab that up and I'll just yeah. um uh roll through this. Actually, it's his first three games back. I think are pretty good. Um, so it's North Melbourne in round eighteen. Um, then Sorry, it's Richmond it's in round nineteen. St Kilda in round twenty, who have been giving up. I don't know if they've been a little bit more stingy in recent times, but they were giving up the most points to opposition opposition defenders. Uh, then there's Collingwood, uh, starts to toughen up a little bit. Collingwood, Bulldogs, uh, Melbourne, and then Frio. But those three return games back. Um, so, so who were they again? So, so North give away North? Uh, positive but nothing major. Yep, okay. Uh, uh, Richmond, Richmond give away a negative to general defenders. Um, but to wing defenders, it's the fifth most, I think. Yes, quick yep. maths, yep. Uh, and then St Kilda, St Kilda giveaway, uh, a lot to wing defenders, but it's probably more a general defender, still a positive yeah. amount. So good. And um, then, yeah. Then there's Collingwood. Yeah, give away a lot actually. Give away the fourth most. Uh, and then the Bulldogs. And then the Bulldogs 
don't give away points. And then it's Melbourne and Frio to round out the season. Melbourne give away the most points. Yeah, okay. And Frio? And then Frio. No, nah, they're pretty stingy, I think. Yeah, okay. Oh, no, give away plus five, so the third most. So yeah. kind of all over the place there, but in the form he's been in. Um, yeah. I think there's a bit of a difference there. Yeah, kind of a trumps any of the historical averages and like I guess the, yeah. let's just say, the, the matchup. Because um, also this looks at, I guess, the while well, it looks at the matchup exploitation, it also is based off their, their own average. So how much above or how much below their average they're going to score. So if he's scoring 135 and he's yeah. likely to go, you know, minus 0.5 or something, like it's still going to be massive score for him. Yeah. Um. So it, it kind of negates that a little bit. It's just a, yeah. And, and as a general guide, I guess, as opposed to being a steadfast rule. Mm. I, I wonder like just in terms of if you were trading him out um, and you're, you, this is probably the last thing we'll discuss in him. Um, so we don't take up too much time, but um, if you were trading him out and you were potentially looking to trade him back in, maybe don't use it as like a hard and fast rule. Like, okay, I'm going to definitely reserve one of those trades to bring you back in around 18. Maybe view it as, okay, if there's an injury in round 17 or whatever, could you hold over a, an injured player for round 17 to then trade Sicily back in for round 18? Or yeah, something like that. Like it's happen. it's more of a more of an opportunity type trade. Like for using it as, as an example, like Sean Darcy, he got injured. It was an opportunity to bring in Briggs. Briggs. Mm-hmm. Um, it worked out well. A lot of people, like he became almost a pod because people didn't have that that same opportunity to bring Briggs in off the back of an injury. So maybe maybe that that presents as an opportunity. But again, it comes down to if you have any trades left. The cash in the bank. And the cash in the bank. That's yeah. the uh, that's the big one. That's the biggest of the lot, I think. So yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it's up to you. Uh, the power is yours, as they say in uh, Captain Planet. Um, but with our powers combined, Liam, uh, we sit on the fence um, for the moment anyway. Yeah, pretty but much. We'll, we'll, we'll update people anyway um, as to which way we go. I think, yeah, I'll definitely be holding this week, I think, um, at the very least. And then, um, yeah, potentially. That's the um, other thing that makes it hard if you hold this week is only missing another two weeks. Another two, yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, that's true. So maybe not definitely holding. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! And then there's a Thursday Sorry. game, so we've got less less time to yeah. um make, make a decision. decision. Mm. Uh, all right. Anyway, let's uh, let's move on to um the next segment, Liam. Next segment. Yes, and uh, as you and mentioned, s- Damon, Captain Planet. Feel like oh, was a good yes. segue there. Oh, very good segue. Is, uh, Whose power is it? The power is yours. <laughs> Mine. Power's in me. No, the power is mine, isn't it? Yeah, it's yours. You won. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I mean. So the power is... I was waiting for you because I can't say the power is yours to me. Well, you can say the power is mine. That's not not the phrase, though. Okay. Anyway. But you're the the captain. That's true. I am the captain planet. Power is yours. Look at me. I'm the captain now. Anyway, oh, in on the captain that. now, we chat about uh, what VCNC options you've got for the upcoming round of Supercoach. As always, we've scrounged through the data and found the best options for you to consider. Toot, toot. I didn't even do that as a... Yeah, we didn't even do it. I'm the captain now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What are we doing? What are we doing? You know what? Let's do it right now. <laughs> I'm 
the Captain Planet now. The power, the power is, is yours. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Let's kick off. Let's kick off some VC options. Uh, Thursday night, Geelong vs. This, this bit New Zealand there. Uh, yeah, Geelong versus Melbourne on Thursday, 7.20, GMHPS Stadium. And we've got Tommy Stewart. He has an average of 86.25 in his last four against the Ds with scores of 104, 18, 120, and 103. If we do take out his injury-affected 18, the three-game average does become 97.75. So something a little bit more respectable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Melbourne is his second-worst average of any side with a high score of just 120. So just on the borderline of a captaincy worthy score there. But Melbourne also give away the second most points to opposition defenders. So mm. I don't know what to do with that. There's a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Roll the dice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's, be- he's bound to bounce back after last week. That's the, uh, that's, that's the take that I have um, off the back of the, uh, the port game where he didn't perform the best. Uh, next up, we have the track Christian Petrarca has an average of 102.75 in his last four games against the Cats with scores of 91, 146, 85, and 89. And he also has a three-round and five-round average of over 125. So he's in a really nice run of form. So um, that counts for most and uh, someone to look very, very closely at. Yep. Um, and then to his, his captain, Max Gorn, he has an average of 133.25 in his last four games against the Cats with scores of 98, 135, 159, and 141. So some big scores there. And mm. some of them at Continuum Park as well. Yeah, that's true. All really big scores. Yeah. Does anyone own Maxi Gorn at the moment? I know there's some people that were trading him out. <laughs> Bring him back. Uh, get him back. Get him back yeah, for this one game. In- Yep. Do, do the old uh, roll out of the car and roll back in again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, we have the uh, oink, oink, pink, sweaty pig. He's back. Is he back? We'll wait and see if he plays. He's back. Uh, he's back. Has an average of 131 in his last four games against the Cats with scores of 124, 130, 159, and 111. Gee whiz, you hope he's back. And he will be back. He can score uh, around about those marks. Has a massive average in his four games at GMHBA. So as we know, as we spoke of earlier, um, his Here's lower someone. score was 124 at GMHBA. Yeah. Like that's huge. It's very, very big. Very big. Loves the uh, surrounds of uh, the old Cattery. Mm. Geelong should char- target him, get him down there. Yeah. Watch him play every week for us. Yeah. But anyway. Off the charts to the board. Let's move on to the next game in St. Kilda uh, up against Brisbane on Friday at 7.50 at Marvel Stadium. And first up, we've got Jackie Sinclair. He has an average of 10.25 in his four games against the Lions with scores of 118, 111, 83, and 89. And he has shown us his ceiling uh, in recent weeks with two of his last four scores going 125 plus. Yep, definitely an option to consider. Uh, next up, we have Rowan Marshall. Has an average of 89.5 in his last four games against the Lions with scores of 54, 113, 95, and 96. Hasn't been... Uh, he had a bit of a dip in form, I guess, on the weekend. But prior to that, hasn't been too bad. So hopefully he can arrest that slump and uh, and uh, come out with a, a nice score against the Lions. But mm. yeah, whether or not you roll the dice is up to you. 
Paris, yours. <laughs> Lockheed Neal uh, is uh, also playing in this game, and he's an average of just 97.25, and he's four against the Saints with scores of 123, 76, 118, and 72. But it does come off the back. He's coming off the back of a 144 against the Swans. So he's in some good form. Yeah, very good form. I like him as an option. Uh, next up, we have a Josh Dunkley. Uh, has an average of 117.5 in his four games against the Saints with scores of 80, 131, 127, and 132. So, geez, he's, uh, he stands out just based off that alone. But then look at his six most recent scores, which read as 149, 103, 153, 146, 148, and 137. Need we say more? Mm. With both of those combined, he is almost captain super coach, I reckon. Yes. Got to be. Got to be like, well, he was yeah. a VC for, for me on the weekend and your captain on the weekend as well. Yeah. So two weeks in a row. Um, yeah. Could he be another one uh, to, to jump on? Yeah. I like yeah. it. I like it. Next up, we've got Sydney up against West Coast on Saturday at 4.35 at the SCG. And we've got Errol Goulden, my boy here. He has an average of just 87 in his two games against the Eagles with scores of 84 and 90. Nothing to write home about. But West Coast give away the most points to inside. They give away most points to pretty much everything. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, West Coast. Um, but they give away the most points to inside mids, unsurprisingly. His most recent games at the SCG have had scores of once, uh, sorry, of 62, 93, 156, 119, and 102, and 107. But I think this one really comes down to his opponent in the Eagles. Um, so he could be in for a big one, a uh, bit of a risky option, but uh, could be one to pay off if you are running at a player down. Yep. I, I like it. Uh, let's move on to the captaincy options. And uh, first game here we have is Frio up against Essendon on Saturday at 7.35 p.m. at Optus Stadium. And first up, we have Andy Brayshaw averages a 94.25 in his last four games against the Dons with scores of 132, 126, a 66, and a 53. Yes, uh, and his teammate, another option for you, averaging in, sorry, in Caleb's wrong, might help if I tell you who it is. Averages 87.67 in his three games against the Dons with scores of 77, 72, and 114. Yep, definitely an option there. Um, And due for a bounce back, although he has been struggling with a bit of an ankle issue over the the past few weeks. Could be one to miss. Yeah, it's uh, fraught with danger, but again, could be a pot off the back of that. Who knows? Uh, So Zachary Merritt rounds us out for this game. Averages of 100 in his last four games against the Dockers with scores of 64, 111, 121, and 104. And Frio give away the third most points to inside midfielder. So it's a bit of a uh, matchup exploitation here, potentially. And his four most recent scores read as 162, 110, 137, and a 105. So um, he's creeping up there. Um, going by that, right, he is due for a, for a big one, I reckon. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, Parrish could be back, could affect him. Shield could uh, also be back, could affect him. But might also affect him positively if he doesn't have to take on as much of the load um, okay. or doesn't have, you know, a tag risk potentially. Um, who knows? Who knows? Uh, but moving on, Collingwood up against the Crows on Sunday at one ten p.m. 
at the MCG. And first up, we've got Nikki Dacos, uh, averaging 96 in his last three games against the Crows with scores of 72, 53, and a big 163, if you don't mind. Oh. Remember, though, that uh, that 72 came in his game earlier this year when Keys tagged him in the forward line. Mm. Adelaide also give away the least points to attacking defenders and the third least points to inside mids, which would further affect Dacos in this game you'd expect, especially with yep. Dickies potentially doing another role on him. Yeah, exactly. The most recent, uh, it was just handy anyway, like it's the most recent game was only uh, a few weeks ago. So yeah, <laughs> use that as the uh, as the barometer, I think, for what's to come for old, old for young Nicky Dacos in this case. Um, he's going to be up against it. And I think, and yeah, Keys uh, is going to be um, going to be watching him, going to be shadowing yes. him, going to be wearing him like a glove, like a glove. Um, bit of an Ace Ventura reference there. Uh, let's move on to the next uh, option, and it is Rory Laird averages a 145.75 <laughs> in his last four games against the Pies, <laughs> if you don't mind, with scores of 100, which is a shit one. What's he done there? <laughs> Stubbed his toe and went off at bloody... Uh, at uh, half time, I think by, by that uh, going by that rate, hundred, uh, and then he scored a one fifty four, a one forty four, and a one eighty five, and that one hundred actually came earlier this year. So uh, I don't know what he was doing. Uh, did he stub his toe? Did he do something yeah, stupid? Probably. Um, but uh, who knows? But yeah, that uh, that form line, um, you can't you can't look you past. You can't that. look past it. Yeah. Yeah. Gee whiz. Juice. Pure actually, juice. just looking at that. He actually had the second least minutes of any of the games he's played. 92 uh, minutes, time on ground. Um, every other game, he's, he's been upwards of 96 minutes, 99 minutes. So maybe he did yeah, stub okay. his toe. I just can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe my uh, my joke is Was actually reality. Was that the reality. game where he got injured? Was that around his injury, potentially? Oh, was that where they stuffed up and they said that he was subbed? Yeah. I'm just was wondering that if that's, that's that game. And they sub Saligo instead of instead of Laird? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was because I remember yes, I think it was because Saligo, I think, was one of they were talking about him being really in I think it was that game. So yeah. I reckon he suffered a bit of a bit of an injury in that game. Yes. Yeah, interesting. There you go. So it was managed. Yes. So yeah, discounting that. Explains that. No, there we go. What about in a one sixty game? Oh my god. Captain C's options galore here. Yes, and uh rounding it out, Jordan Dawson. Uh, he averages 105.5 in his last four games against the Pies with scores of 150, 99, 92, and 81. So that 150 again came earlier this year. And looking at that, 81, 92, 99, 150, they're going up, going up. So his next one to must have to be like 180, 190 for you. Yeah, next one is on the moon, not to the yep. moon, it is on the moon. <laughs> that is it. Is. Well, it's it's time now for our, our captaincy head to head. Now, of course, I'm wearing the uh, or I was wearing. Let me pop it back on the captaincy hat for those people tuning in for the first time. Um, it may have looked absolutely stupid, and you're like, "What are you doing?" Well, it is because we're doing a captaincy head to head from week to week. And last week, Liam, uh, you probably thought that uh, you had it in the bag. I thought you did personally because you chose Dunkley as your your tap your top captaincy option, who scored a 137, and uh, I was actually very close. Very, very close uh, to, to selecting Stuart just for something different. Uh, and you, you I talked talk you about out of it. it. Yeah. You said, are you sure? Are you kind of like an Eddie Maguire? Like on who wants to be a millionaire? Like, are you <laughs> sure? Are you going to lock in that one? Are you sure? Go for A, go for A, don't go for C. Um, 
So I re- reconsidered and I was like, what am I doing? Bont, he's playing North Melbourne. Yep. I ended up going for Bont and he ended up eclipsing Dunks for that 169. And as it turned out, uh, Dunks was my VC in my team and uh, Bont would have been my captain. But um, if, Stuart, if you did take Stuart, I would have got the win and probably got you on, on total as well. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's very true because there's only 77 points now uh, yeah. difference between both of us. Um, but it means I we're kind of yo-yoing. We're going back and forth. Like you get ahead, yeah, I get ahead. Yeah. We get a level. Um, so I'm on seven uh, wins and you're on six at the moment as it stands. And um, who goes goes first this week? Your turn this week. Oh, I, yeah, because you went I chose dunks first. Oh, yeah. no. This is the worst week to I go first. the easiest Sorry. week. I know exactly who I'm picking. Oh, <laughs> well, first off, there's Clary. We spoke of. I'm going to oh, go yeah, through options. Yeah, so there's Clary. Uh, there is, uh, I've forgotten them already. Um, there's Clary. There's uh, Dunks. Yeah. There's Laird. Yep. Those are like three super solid options. There's Dawson potentially, but I reckon that's more of a risk. Um, so I reckon it's between those top three for me. But I'm going to go, I'm going to back in the old square head. Oh, no, now to repick. Rory Square. Were you going to go for him? Yeah. Okay. Um, without without looking, of course, you've never used this tactic of looking ahead because Yeah, we I need could, to start thinking about that, don't yeah. we? Yeah. Um, but even I so, need to you, think of that because next week I first pick. So Yeah. So it's strategy, a bit of strategy. Oh, oh no. Who's next I've week? Locked, I've locked it in. Laird's got North Melbourne next week. <laughs> oh yes. Thank you very <laughs> so much, David. You've got him. So at least that's a uh, trade off. All right, I'll have him this week. You can have him next week if you want. The risk with Clary is if he doesn't play, I get a zero. Oh, no, 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 no. We'll we'll do a uh, like a VC and a C for Clary just in case. All right, we can't we can't be that ruthless because we're going to keep right. the competition going, and I can't be like that. That would scuttle the whole like competition. That would actually if destroy up, the whole I'm thing. I'm up by a hundred and sixty odd. Oh, hang on, gonna get... it's going to be lit. It's going to be like two hundred. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I was trying to be modest, but okay, yes, two hundred. All right, if. That means I just feel like I'm double dipping here, though. All right. If Oliver plays, I'm picking Oliver. Yep. If he doesn't if play. Oliver doesn't play, I'll go Dunkley. Yep. That's a smart move. I, w- I would go the same. I feel yep. like I'm okay. double dipping, but. No, uh, no, 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 not at all. No, because if Clary plays, you don't get dunks. Yeah. But it'd just be sl- so it'd that's just fine. Be a... Not fast. It'll just be if Oliver yeah. doesn't play. It'd be like more it, of a sliding yeah. sliding doors moment, like if Clary plays and then Dunks goes large, um, much like uh, it was with with me almost going for Stuart and instead um, opted for Zebont. Um, but that's pretty much it for our captaincy head to head. One thing that we haven't mentioned, do we? I think we mentioned potentially the first or second week of the buys, is and I don't know if you want to do this still, but uh, we're doing it uh, oh, because our, it. our combined father-in-law, um, who we we both share, we we haven't just gone out and and uh, hired a. You know what is it? What is it uh, on the Simpsons? Uh Big Brother. Big Brother. We haven't gone out and got ourselves a Big Brother. Is that and Big Brother. I think it is. I think it is. Yeah. How like, but has like a stand-in dad instead of yeah. Homer, and then Homer gets his own son. Uh, he's like a big brother to like some homeless Pepe. kid. Yeah, Pepe, <laughs> the one Pepe. <laughs> Hello. He's like in a really soft voice. Um, no, it's none of that. It's none of that. We actually do share a father-in-law because both of our, your fiance, my wife, their sisters. Um, everyone probably knows that, but for new viewers, listeners, you're probably thinking, what the hell? Um, but uh, he's given us a, a hot... Now, did you get one? And if you don't, I can give you my one because it's no, in the freezer. No, I do have one. It oh, you do have freezer. one. Okay, good. I'm I actually keep, looking forward to eating mine. Mind I you. also keep seeing it in the freezer and being like, what's that? And then... <laughs> 
I just remember. And I'm like, oh, I could really eat that, but I can't because I'm yeah. going to wait. I'm, I'm, so, I'm keen. Yeah, to provide context. So um, we've both been given these uh, these chili pies by our father-in-law. and um, Three chilies, apparently. Three, on the, three on the chilies. <laughs> three, so it's chili flakes on top, chili in the meat, and then chili where else? I don't know, but it says there's three chilies on, on the side. You can like throw chili seeds in your eyes. It's like yeah. tequila. You know, the old it's actually just ground in into the, it's actually just the pastry is made out of chili oh. powder. Oh, wow. Well, okay. Well, that probably <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. There's no other way they could fit it in. Um, but anyway, so like we've been given a couple of chili pies. So we're calling it the, uh, the chili by pie challenge. Uh, so across the four bye weeks, whoever scores the most points, do you want to, I don't know. We kind of didn't flesh this out, but like, should we go by the most points or by wins v losses? So like, you obviously outscored no, me. Win uh, total points. Total points. Total points. I feel like is better. Yep. Let's do that. Let's do that. Okay. So we don't know who's in front at the moment. Oh, I we I know. I know who's in I, front. I do you? I can just guess. I can just guess. Oh, okay. I've already had. A, I've already had. I reckon. I reckon, anyway. I'm not, not going to spoil it. No, no, no. Go, go, go ahead. I reckon you'd be ahead because I had a donut in round one in the first week of the buys. Oh, you did too. You did too. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Well, uh, let's put it up in the air. So, anyway, the loser <laughs> of this is the loser. I could come home big this week. You could, and I've said that all along. The bye week is the is the. The white period is is your time, your time to shine, mm. and it's already happening. It's happened on the weekend, so it's about to happen again. But the uh, the the person who is not victorious has to consume their pie at the back end of the next episode. Is that fine? Because I figure if yep. we were to do it at the start of the episode, you'd be absolutely wiped out and obliterated and crying on screen and everything else. Can maybe can I make a request? Can Considering we often finish recording at about eleven thirty at oh, night, is that true? <laughs> that's true. Maybe it's filmed at a time after the podcast, but it will be shown in the podcast. Oh, that's that's a good that's a good point. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Or before okay. it can be done before, but just not probably before. Literally not, before. Not right before. You might need to have a yes. shower, drink like a gallon of milk, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, although I think we we both handle spice quite well. You're probably better than me um, with your palate. Because I don't know, I'm scared about this. When we have dinner at your place, uh, most recently oh, we yeah. had uh, Portuguese was it Portuguese chicken, and Portuguese I, I'm, chicken. I'm still convinced because you, you made, <laughs> you're kindly you kindly made to. Sorry, we're going off on a bit of a tangent here. It's, it's like you've tuned into our shorty super coach. Relevant. Here's a bit of a bit of an insight into our lives, but it is relevant. <laughs> um, the spice factor because you kindly made you, yourself and, and Jacqueline, your fiance, um, made two different <laughs> types of Portuguese chicken. One of which was spicy another one which was mild and you had like a post-it note on each one and i'm convinced the mild was actually the spicy and the spicy was the mild i stand by that i stand by it because i had no. i had the spicy first up cleansed the palate with a bit of water which probably didn't do the full job but then i tried the <laughs> other one and i'm like this this isn't as spicy as the other one and then pete who would be tuning at the moment yeah. he was consuming it and he does not handle spice at all no. he was as red as a tomato oh, so bad he was almost in a pool of sweat uh, and tearing up, and I, I was I was starting to get a bit red. I was starting to get a bit of a uh, bit of the sweats under the uh, the old old frames here. Um, but uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, but yeah, I think I, I handled it fine. I wasn't in tears or anything. Yeah, but yeah, no, no, no. I don't know the, no, I, I don't know the spice level of this pie. Um, yeah, that's my concern. That's my concern. 
Yeah, even though I do love chili. And we're both probably yeah. on, on an even keel here because we both don't have a gallbladder, uh, which yes. can spell trouble when you have a lot of spice. Um, yeah. So it's probably safer that we don't eat it during the episode because we want to duck off and... Uh... <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's what uh, tends Fair to happen uh, if you catch my drift. But um, yeah, look out for that anyway. That'll be that uh, added. Happen. Yeah, a bit of bit of added spice, you could say. Uh, pardon the pun to mm. the uh, to the I guess our head to heads that we've been doing. Maybe I should tank this week. I really want to eat this. I really wanted to eat this pie. Well, you can you can eat, yeah yeah. Well, if, if you reckon, <laughs> I mean, I, don't, I I can also win it to eat it. No, it's not just you, you can do either. Like you're not just going to throw the pie in the bin. No, or no. like donate your pie to me so I have two pies to yeah, eat at the one pies. time. <laughs> yeah. Stack on top of each other at the same time. Anyway, uh, um, let's move on uh, to our on. last segment, of course. And it is, Liam, where everyone sends in the questions with SOSs. Liam, that goes by the name of... I got to, to know. Hey, I got to know. That was very good. We were in harmony then for the first time. I slowed up because yeah, I went a little bit too quick one. and... Um, yeah, I had to go on harmony. Yeah. But no, you know, I, I got to know. Good. Yeah. We throw it open to you, the good folk of the Supercoach Edge community, uh, to throw in all your questions at us and we answer those burning questions. And first off, Liam, we have one sent in from Mitchell Sandvoss. Yes. Mitchell Sandvoss, he asks on Twitter at Mitch Sandvoss. Uh, first year player looks like I will be settling with loopholing F6 and D6 due to many injuries. And suspensions. Is this year worse than most, or is it always this bad? I feel like it's worse this year, but yeah, with suspensions. For me, it feels stuff. less bad because I've, every week I was like trading at a player because I had them injured last year. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you're. I haven't had the same the thing this year, but but I feel like this year has been worse uh, on the whole. Yeah, with suspensions with injuries, have been the killer this year. Suspensions have been the absolute worst. I think more than injuries. Early yeah. in the season, it was it was injuries definitely. Um, especially yeah. with rucks and stuff going down, the popular um, yeah. primos. Um, but yeah, now I think it's definitely suspensions because you just don't know when it's going to happen. Um, and it's almost like, you know, someone's going to go down and chances are yeah. uh, you're going to have that player if it's a popular player. Uh, next yeah, up, we have a uh, question sent in by Brad Dorr at Brad Dorr 4. Yes. Uh, best defender options. Think I need a swinging seventh defender for cover as the bench is offering zero. I already have Dawson, Dacos, Day, Sinclair, Sheasel, and Stewart. Um, I don't oh. know if you really need a swinging defender, do you, in that case? Because you're pretty well stocked. I mean, Day's probably the biggest, but Day and she are probably the biggest concerns there. Yeah, um, probably. But Sheasel looks, I mean, he had a lot of kick-ins off memory this week, um, which would be more Seagully. Uh, yeah. Day obviously had the bye, and I can't remember what he scored the week before. I think um, he scored pretty well, but, actually, in a ton for the first yeah. time in, in ages. Yeah, so I don't think you necessarily do need... Um, it depends a, how many trades he's got as well. Defender. Yeah, I mean, if you've got a... If you've got a... She, uh, not Sheasel, Seamus... Mitchell or a Weddle, I'd mm. much I'd be happy enough with them probably, um, considering who you've got there, and just looping them if you need to. Yep, yeah, I agree. I'm I'm in that that boat there where I'm got, probably going to keep Seamus Mitchell for the remainder of the year, just because he provides that DPP swing and a bit of cover as well. Like he's pretty reliable, I think, on the whole, uh, especially as a rookie. Um, 
and without Sicily there, uh, there might be a bit of an uptick in scoring uh, in the short term anyway. But uh, yeah, provides cover nonetheless, which is pretty handy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't think there's anyone that I'd really at this stage look to for a seventh no. defender. Um, that's an obvious choice. Yeah, there isn't anyone that sticks out that you'd want to trade in anyway as well. Uh, and there's no one that you could really swing from the midfield. Like Day is a mid defender. Yeah, I'd, I'd literally just trade if need be because um, there's no one that you'd want to bring in. Unless you've got a Chinkotta still in your team that you could potentially swing with Day. So if Day goes down, if he gets suspended again, um, you could plug a hole there on the off chance that Chinkotta plays. But yeah, I wouldn't be targeting anyone at the moment because there's no there's no real good rookies in defense. There hasn't been for ages. Um, yeah, yeah, agreed. Is what it is. Moving on, I guess, to the next question. Uh, and we've got a two questions, two for one, uh, from the Duke at the Duke on Twitter, TH Duke. Uh, he asks first, you know, E, first question is, do you think Johnson plays? Now, he touched on this earlier. Um, it's tough to know whether he's going to be dropped. Um, there's obviously potential for that, but he looks as though he's being cleared to play from a medical perspective. Like, he, if he if he is fit, he can play. Um, it'll just come down to selection and whether... Uh, long you decides to swing the axe after a after a performance, a lackluster performance by the team on the whole. Yep. Yeah, Ryan Daniels, the uh journo who does some pretty good work. Uh I think he might be yeah, a super coach player himself in over in WA. Uh he tweeted earlier today, Matt Johnson has been given the all clear after being subbed off with that hip pointer issue. Um copped a bit of a hit there. Um so yeah, he's been cleared. But yeah, as you say, it comes down to whether or not he plays he's selected um hopefully he is it'd be pretty rough if they um if they drop him off the back of him i mean he wasn't the best uh had limited cbas um as we've sort yeah. of mentioned yeah but yeah um hopefully he plays and uh can score well enough um the other one liam what was the other question other question is what do you guys think of the job security of fletcher and i assume by that he means uh Dustin. what's his name Dustin, yeah, Dustin, definitely. He's uh, making a comeback. Has he heard he was, yeah. heard he was uh, looking for a mid-season draft pick? Um, <laughs> yeah, the father-son, no, uh, Fletcher. What's his name? What's Brisbane. his first name? Jasper. That's it. Jasper. Casper. <laughs> the Kasper. friendly ghost. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, job security is tough at this stage. As we've kind of spoken about in the past, if you're debuting at this stage of the season – Unless you were, you know, you had an injury um, that was holding you out, you're probably not first choice um, in that position. So unless, yeah, unless there's a real role. Um, so it's hard to know. I think I wouldn't be bringing him in this week. If you're looking at bringing in a rookie early, I'd be going for Marek. Um, I'm just trying to read between the lines in the question. And I'd be looking at Fletcher, um, giving him another week next week, and then bring you in if you if you do need him the week after I wouldn't be going early on him. Yeah, I think his opportunity probably came off the back of McCluggage being injured, potentially. Yeah. Um maybe Daniel Rich less less so though because Rich is obviously a defender. But um yeah there's there's a couple of um omissions there, I guess. Like uh Zorko as well. Um I don't think he played on the weekend, did he? Uh, good old Zorko. So he's another one that's out of the side that's best 22 who may come back in uh, and may force uh, good old Jasper, the friendly ghost to, um, to make way. Yeah. Uh, let's round it out with your last question from Lee Grand 
Brantois, uh, at its captain Koala, is trading <laughs> English instead of Briggs worth considering? So this is something you asked it's earlier. For your job, way back when, as it's a captain, for your job, as captain, as, as the captain, he's the captain now. As the um, captain, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he asked, is trading English instead of Briggs worth considering? Would result in completing the team earlier, possibly with a better player, using one less trade and keeping Wardlaw as M nine cover. On the other hand, it's the third top scorer. Uh, that being English, of course, and choice of last upgrade is limited. Um, yeah, like I said earlier, when I was using Marshall as an example, I'd prefer to to punt him. Um, I think English, he's shown that he's got uh, a super high floor. Uh, we only need to look back to a couple of weeks ago when he probably should have scored sub 70. And for some reason, I have no idea how he got bloody pummeled by Lysett in the ruck and Literally scored an, like almost tunned up, like the ton run almost yeah. uh, continued for him. Um, he scored a 99 and he, he got killed in the ruck. So his lowest score has been 88 all season. Um, and he's got a really high ceiling, as we know as well. His first six games of the season, he didn't drop below 130. So, um, yeah, I think it'd be silly to get rid of him. Um, considering uh, Briggs doesn't really have that ceiling in him. Uh, can push towards it, but I don't think on a consistent basis. English is pretty much like the new age Ruckman. Uh, doesn't have to rely on hitouts, like a, say a, a wit yeah. to generate points. He can score his points around the ground as like an extra midfielder. There's a lot of work around the ground, marking disposals wise. So uh, with that padding and um, security, I'd be keeping him. And yeah, if you have a Marshall, I'd be looking to trade a Marshall instead. Thoughts, Liam? Yeah. I agree. I don't know if I'd necessarily trade Marshall either. I think he's got a reasonably good run coming up off memory. Uh, so I probably, I just don't think it's worth it. I think, I know Briggs is scoring well, um, but he, I'd almost rather trade Briggs down completely. You're going to get a lot of cash if you trade him down to like a 102 Ruckman for the for the R3. Um, and then you've got a lot of cash to spend elsewhere you got 300k probably there at least yeah even if you trade that a, would probably be my mindset yeah or even if you got madden uh in your forward line they could swing back into r3 and then trade briggs down to say a Marrick, like to fully maximize yeah. on the amount of cash they're gonna yeah. make like uh do that the same think, logic yeah yeah i think the main thing i can see what he's what he's asking for because the money that you're going to be getting by trading english is going to be virtually another like yeah another downgrade um, of 150K or thereabouts or whatever it is, the difference uh, with Marshall, for example, like it's 120K difference. Um, so yeah. And with English, I think it's 140 roughly, um, if not a little bit more. Um, so yeah, I can see what he's saying, yeah. but I would prefer to have the, I always say aim for the top shelf when it comes to primos and he is top shelf. I wouldn't be trading a top shelf player in English. Agreed. Agreed entirely. Alrighty, so before we wrap things up, it's been a uh, bit of a mammoth episode this one, but uh, let's uh, finish up by running through our Supercoach Edge Cup group results after round 14. Yes, our Supercoach Edge Cup public group leader for the second week running is Andy with his team Bod Squad. He scored 20-20 uh, and his overall rank is 64. Very nice. And uh, the top scorer for the round was Jake with his team Up the Lions 88. Uh, round score of 2,223 with a Oof. round rank of 113. So uh, pretty, pretty good there. For our Patreon exclusive group, the leader is uh, who other 
Who else could it possibly be? T prostitutes. Of course. All year. Uh, of course, Jonas Goat yet again. He had a round score of 2048 and he is ranked 155th overall. Top scorer, pipping me, unfortunately, was Bruce with his team Shuin with a score of 2132. Very nice. Very, very good. And what about our Patreon exclusive super coach, Cash League? Yes, the results looked something like this. Dylan with his team Popper Ball FC. 1,874. He was defeated by myself, Church of Parish, 2,094. Tankers, uh, Peter with his team Tankers scored 1,953 and was defeated by Arthur with Scott Arthur with his team Black on White with a score of 2,031. Damon, you scored 2,021 and defeated Carps Wade with his team Carps Crushes, uh, 1,911. And Brett with his team Sharpshooters, uh, took out the win 2084, defeating Matthew Tun 618 1932. Very nice. And in terms of our ladder, so that's our last matchup there with the sharpshooters. Uh, has had ramifications on the uh, on the ladder because he's <sighs> again, he's jumped over me back into the uh, into the Iron Throne, the top spot sharpshooters, Brett. Uh, first overall on points. Uh, he's had the 10 wins. Uh, He's leapfrogged me in second spot. Uh, I'm also on 10 wins, but I'm languishing behind by, what's that, 56 points roughly? Quick mass. Yep. Um, Ton 618 in third spot with six wins. Uh, Carps Crushers in fourth spot, six wins again. Um, behind on points differential, black on white. Again, six uh, wins behind on points differential in that fifth spot. Sixth spot is yourself, Liam, Church of Parish uh, on five wins ahead of our father-in-law, Tankers, Peter, uh, in seventh spot on five wins. Uh, and you're ahead by 200, 278, roughly. Uh, quick maths. That may be Very off. Uh, and Popperball FC, uh, Dylan, rounding us out in eighth spot on four wins. But uh, as we always note, he's been super unlucky because he's up yeah. there amongst the highest he's scorers. He's the third highest scorer overall. And he's in... Absolutely uh, robbed. Spot. So you robbed, mate. But uh, we identify... I also beat him this week, so I feel a bit bad. Like, <laughs> you're part of the reason you're part of the yeah, problem yeah I'm, I'm part of the problem in fairness i am fourth highest scorer so it's not like i'm that yeah. far off <laughs> as long as if you're bottom place and like yeah. bottom scorer <laughs> that would have been worse anyway that brings us to the end of the show but before we go liam where can our listeners find us across our socials yes on youtube search supercoach edge and don't forget to like and subscribe on super uh, on twitter search at supercoach underscore edge damon you'll find him at, at damoj88 looking for myself at liam evans underscore 95 facebook instagram tiktok search supercoach edge and that is where you'll find us very nice and as always if you love the content we provide uh vodcast podcast form everything else uh we've got these uh you know demos team talk we've got mm. the uh thursday uh team sheets which liam when you start your new job yes. will be able to join me i won't be won't yes, have to I should keep be going able to solo. make it back uh, yes. in time to to start that very nice. So that'll be uh that'll be great. But uh make sure to let us know that you like our stuff. And if you do, uh consider subscribing on YouTube to help us in our pursuit of hitting 1K mm -hmm. by the end of the season. But that's it for another episode. And uh thanks as always for tuning in. All the best for the last buy round ahead. And we'll catch you same time, same place. We'll see you then. See you guys.